Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Father, Father tonight, tonight, grant me, grant me the, spirit of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and in the knowledge of you tonight speak to my spirit speak to my heart let insight come let me never be the same again in the name of jesus lift up your voice and talk to jesus lift up your voice and talk to jesus lift up your voice and talk to jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your right hand everywhere. Say, Father, Father tonight, tonight I declare, I declare my, heart is open, my heart is open, my mind is ready, mind is ready to receive with humility the word of God that will change my life, that will position me for success and for greatness. Father tonight, Father, tonight, speak to me. Speak to me. Let my life never be the Let same again. In the name of Jesus Christ, the, the Son of the Living God. Somebody shout a big amen. Give a clap offering to Jesus. He can add a shout of praise. And can he take your seat in the presence of God? God bless you. Hallelujah. Precious Holy Spirit, the gathering of the people is unto you. It is unto you. The Bible says that until Shiloh shall come, the gathering of the people shall be unto you. And Father, we are gathered here tonight to hear from you and to receive from you. I pray the Lord, let these lips of clay minister anointed oracles that will impact a blessing into the lives of your children. Thank you, Father, that we are here. In Jesus' precious name, somebody shout a big amen. Oh, somebody shout a big amen. Uh, it says shout, it shout a big amen. You should have been saying a big amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Those who understand it will understand it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now, uh, two weeks ago, I was I, on a Sunday, I started sharing with you on a subject which I believe that, especially uh, looking at the age bracket of uh, those of us over here, it is of vital importance that we learn. Uh, there's, as you grow up in life, there's a stage of life that you come to, especially amongst young men, which is known as midlife. And within that period, uh, men go through certain things, mostly men, it happens to men a lot, where they begin to become frustrated 
In fact, a number of the people, young people who die, uh, they commit suicide uh, around that period. Why? Because when they begin to look into their lives, it's as though their lives have been spent on nothing. So we have what is known as midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. A young man who wake up one day 40 years, 45 years, and he looks into his life and he seems as though life had just passed him by and he did not do anything with the life. Now he looks into the future, he makes a projection, and it looks as though there's nothing ahead of him. You know, many a times the success that people see in their future is as a result of things that they have seen or planted in their past and which are manifested in their, pres- in their presence. Which are manifested in their presence. So sometimes when you look at the circumstances of your life, it helps you have a projection into the future. Let's say you are 30 years old, a young man, and you don't even have an SHS certificate or you don't have a university degree and you don't have a a profession or an occupation or a a skill that you have learned that can bring you money. And so when you get to a certain stage, it's as though there are no options. There are no options. If you have a certificate, you know, oh, you can go and apply for a job. And even in our day and age, we realize that even getting a job with a good certificate is difficult. You don't have a skill. You cannot fix cars. You cannot fix, you are not a plumber. You are not a mason. You are not a carpenter. You cannot sew anything. Your life looks very empty. You know, when you begin to look at life from that perspective, everything looks bleak. When you are young, it's an opportunity to learn. There's an opportunity to learn. Most of the time we are under the guardianship of parents or people who are older than us who are working and helping to supply our needs or to meet our needs. But when we grow up to a certain point, we realize that now we are not depending on things and on people. People are dependent on us. And you make a projection into your life. If there's no substrate operating in your life, it becomes difficult to imagine or picture something glorious in the future. Are we together? It's what I'm saying true. You don't know how to do anything. You don't have a certificate for you to go and look for a white-collar job. So you are wondering that how am I going to make breakthrough in life? It makes the life look very bleak. And so in that emotional crisis, some, it becomes so terrible that they commit suicide. Some who have impregnated women deny the pregnancy. Some who have children run away and forsake their families because it has become too difficult to survive. And there's no means of income. So when we are young, it is important that we learn certain skills and apply ourselves to wisdom. Yesterday during our night fire prayers, uh, we led on a particular subject in, I think, Psalm 90, the verse number 12. Uh, the, the psalmist prays a certain profound prayer, and he says that, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days, that we may what? Apply our hearts to wisdom. So wisdom then becomes the guide, guardian of our lives, and can ensure whether we are going to be successful or not. Glory to Jesus Christ. So what I'm sharing with you is of vital importance because I believe that there's a great future for you and you are going to achieve that future in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 was one of the scriptures we started with and from there the Bible tells us uh, God speaking to us. 
He said, I know the thoughts that I think concerning you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil. He said, they are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Can you give me an IV version of the same scripture? He said, he tells us what is his mind concerning us. So if I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So if you look at the plan of God, you look at the intention of God and the mind of God, he wants us all to be successful. Look at another scripture, Third John. Third John. Third John has only one chapter. So Third John 2. Third John 2, you see another declaration of the mind of God concerning his children. He doesn't want us to fail. He said, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. In other words, you'll be successful. All may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along. King James Version of the same scripture says that, I wish that you may prosper. Lift up your right hand. Say, I will prosper. That is the heart of God for you. He said that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I see prosperous people before me right now. You are one of them. And when God talks about prosperity, he's talking about superabundance. He's talking about superabundance. We'll learn about that even in the coming months. But God has a plan for us to make it big. God doesn't want us to be poor. Look, in the book of Isaiah chapter number 1, the verse number 19. Let me show you something over there. Isaiah chapter number 1, the verse number 19. Can we look at that scripture, please? He said, if you are what? Listen to that. Willing and what? Obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. This is God speaking over here. He wants the children to eat the good of the land. Can we look at this scripture in NIV? If you have message, we can look at that as well. He said, if you are willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Look at that. He said, you eat the good things of the land. Any other version? New Living Translation, any other version? Uh, he said, if you will obey me, you, you have plenty to eat. You have plenty to eat. So God is not the one who is interested in starving us. He's the one who is interested in giving us plenty to eat. Praise God forevermore. So God wants us to be successful. Never you think that ah, success is for some people. Some people actually think that God created some people rich and some people poor. So if they are poor, oh, it's God who did it. No, it is not God who did it. In fact, when you look in the Bible, when God created the heavens and the earth, before he would create man, he put everything in, over there. And instead of every tree of the of garden, you may eat. He actually literally planted a garden for the man. And he said, you may eat of every tree in the garden. That means that there's no limitation of his resources. God made them available. He did not say that Monday you eat from tree A, Tuesday you eat from tree B, Wednesday you eat from tree C, as though there is scarcity. He said, hey, anytime you feel hungry, just jump in there. Jump in there. God's mindset is abundance. God's mindset is for us to do well. God wants, whenever we have a meeting between us and God, He wants to meet successful people who are coming to share their testimonies. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the book of Job chapter number 1, the Bible tells us about how uh, the sons of God, you read from the verse number 6, can we look at that? Job chapter number 1, you read from the verse number 6, uh, the Bible says, verse 6, not 16, 6, uh, 
Barano Shetelebriandaya. Verse number six. He said, now there was a day when the sons of God, now the sons of God are God's lieutenants. They are the lords that God released into his world to go and control his world. Look, the earth is not the only world that God has. God's universe is multiverse. Multiverse. And the scientists have only been able to discover even a part of it in discovering the nine planets. And even the nine planets, they say that there's a ten planets on the earth. And they have also realized through uh, electronic um, uh, telescopes that there are other galaxies which are different from the Milky Way. I mean, amen. How many of you know, uh, have heard about the Milky Way? The Milky Way. Have you heard about the Milky Way? I'm not talking about Mixy. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. The Milky Way is a galaxy. There's something known as galaxy. This earth is a part of a galaxy. A system of uh, planets, stars, moons, and various other, uh, various other stellar bodies. And so, apart from the, uh, the orbiting galaxy, uh, the Milky Way galaxy that we are part of, there are other galaxies that God has created. So, God is the God of the universe. He's not just the God of the heavens and the earth. He's the God of the universe. And in his universe, he has sons that he releases to go and work for him. So, when God created Adam, he put Adam... In, look at what he said. He said, let us create man in our image and our life that he may have what? dominion over the earth. So he created man to come and dominate the world that he has created. It's just like, let's say, I am a very rich man and I've built several houses. Amen and amen. And because I don't want the houses, uh, you know, when things are left dust and other things, you know, uh, uh, take over that place. Rodents, animals, snakes, uh, snails, uh, crabs, or some things like that. They begin to take over the property. <laughs> amen and amen. Termites, these different things. And so because I don't want that to happen, I decided, that, okay, I'm going to employ other people so that they will watch over my property for me. Are, are we together? So when God created Adam and said, let them have dominion over the earth, what, was, what God was saying was that go and manage what I have made available. Go and manage what I have made available. Now, we were not, or man was not the only one that God brought up to take care of things that belong to him. Glory to Jesus. So, in Job chapter, I'm just trying to give you a context for you to understand what is happening. Job chapter 1 verse 6 was not in the earth. Job chapter 1 verse 6 was a revelation of something happening in heaven. Let's have the scripture back, please. So, the Bible says that a day came. So now, I, I, I'm taking you to heaven. Are you ready to fly? Wonderful. He said, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Satan also came among them. Why did Satan come? Satan is... What should have been presented is that man also came. A man did not come, but Satan came. Why? Because by that time, Satan had taken the authority from man. When man obeyed him in the garden and ate the fruit that he was not supposed to eat. The Bible says, anyone that you obey becomes your master. Anyone that, that's why before you can become born again, you have, you have to say that Jesus is Lord. In other words, you are accepting Jesus as your master. Now you become a part of his kingdom. Or his authority now begins to control you. So when Adam handed over the authority of the earth, that's why God was very angry. 
because I've given you, Kezia, a house to take care of. And then now, my enemy who is trying to steal my property comes and says, and comes to deceive you. And then he said, oh, take the house. It is yours. How do you think I'll feel when I come? Will I be smiling? No, I will not be smiling. I will not be smiling. So the problem of sin uh, was a real thing. It was a rebellion against the mandate of God that he had given to uh, man. It was a total rebellion, turning everything to his enemy. Submitting to a new authority and submitting the resources of our kingdom, the secrets of our kingdom, to the one who is an enemy of the kingdom. So, Satan received that authority. Now, let me prove it further to you. So, Satan came among them. Look at the verse number 7. Let's look at the verse number 7, quickly. Glory to Jesus Christ. Remember, God has given us resources to manage. And the Lord said on Satan, where are you coming from? Because Satan is not supposed to be coming from anywhere. Because he has, he's supposed to have nothing. Because he rebelled against God. The authority that he originally had was taken away from him. So God is asking, where have you come from? The other people, the other sons, what I imagine in the heavens, whenever we have leadership meetings, the stewards are asked, Give me an account of your department. What has been happening over there? That is the kind of meeting that they were having. So they were supposed to tell, I, I, I am in charge of this jurisdiction. This and this and this has been happening over there. Now, man was also supposed to be represented. And said, oh, I named five animals. I named 13 animals. These animals started giving birth. Me, myself, I was also giving birth. And so there's an accounting process. Man was supposed to present himself before God. So, here, yeah, man was not there because man had lost his placement as the son of God. He had lost his place as the son of God. And Satan came without authority. Now, God could not sack him because Satan still had the authority. The authority over the earth. So, God asked him, where are you coming from? And then Satan actually tells us the truth. He said that from going to and fro in the universe, where? In the earth. Because that is the place. That God gave to man. And he had taken over the authority over that place. So, go and throw in it. And from walking up and down in it, my God. You see, you have built your own house. You can wake up any day and walk wherever you like. If you are, uh, you will go and rent a room in a hotel. Can you get up any time and go into any room? Somebody will slap you and say, you are a thief. Because... There's only a certain portion that is yours. The rest is not yours. So the man was literally telling us, he was, he was actually uh, making mockery of God. So I said, oh, from going to and through the earth, you thought I'm taking the earth from me. I now have the earth. Because Satan is not supposed to be able to go to and through in the earth. That is why when you understand your authority as a child of God, understanding what Jesus came to do, you can prevent Satan from entering your house. It's not allowed to enter your house because it's not a part of his jurisdiction. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, he says from walking to and praying the earth. And so from walking up and down in it. Maybe God didn't hear the to and fro. To and fro and up and down. What is the difference? I want you to know that I am doing something. Now, God begins to ask him, have you observed my servant Job? Because God knows that man is the one supposed to have authority over there. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, why did I even go here? Amen and amen. Amen and amen. So God has given us the earth. So the earth is, and its resources have been made available to man. 
And that tells you that God has, in the vision of God, it's about provision and supply. He has made everything available. So the earth he has given unto us. Why are we not becoming successful? Is because there are certain principles that we are supposed to pray by. That if we are going to function in it practically, hear me, we are going to do well in life. If we are going to preach in the principles practically, we are going to do very well in life. Look, everybody hear me, whatever you have need for success in life is around you. Can I repeat it again? Whatever you need to be successful in life is either with you or is around you. Anything that you need is either with you or around you. Let me give you a few quick uh, examples. When God said that, no, it is not good for man to be alone. Did God go and pick another F to create another woman? What did he do? He took the woman out of the man and he shaped it. So it is in a form that you don't recognize yet. But it's still there. It is still there. When Samson wanted to fight, he had been tired and he wanted to kill a thousand soldiers. What did he do? He just stretched his hands. And now what did he do? He figured, struck thousand, thousand of his enemies down. When God wanted to work a miracle with Moses, what did he ask him? What do you have in your hands? I have my rod. And out of that rod, amazing miracles were born. God did not bring a certain rod out of heaven. Also, Moses was chanting, And then the heaven started, <laughs> and then there was thunder, and then the, the cloud began to shake his waist a bit. And you see Moses, high uh, priest Moses, and then a, a stick started coming. So, ah, the Bible called it the rod of God. You know Moses' rod, when God touched it, became known as the rod of God. So, the rod of God did not come out of heaven. It was in the hands of Moses all, the, all this while. All this while. Maybe there's something that belongs to God that is in your hands. But you've not yet recognized it yet. So, open my eyes. The Lord is opening somebody's eyes right now. So, so it just shows you. Evidence will start there all over. All over. All over. All over. That whatever we need is available to us. Now, our problem is management. Management. Last Sunday I was talking to you about prodigality. Look, if you are going to be successful in any business, in any venture, in ministry, in life, you need to understand and appreciate the right use of the resources that God has made available to you. Miles Monroe has too many messages on management. I was listening to a message by Mouse Monroe and was going to talk about how he can come out of poverty into riches. I thought this man was going to give me some amazing principles and some 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 uh, prophetic directions that I need to engage so that I can activate the spirit of abundance to start flowing automatically, miracle money. And he says that this is a principle, management. This man is making the thing look like game park. Already me, myself, I had been prejudiced against him. Because many years ago, he came to Ghana. And he said he was going to have a program. And he was going to have a program with businessmen. And he said, uh, or some, and he said he was, anybody who was going to come to the program must pay 100 Ghana cities. I bore. I said, why should you come and you're a pastor and then you're having a program you want us to pay before we enter? You see, it was poverty mentality. Because I didn't have the 100 Ghana. <laughs> 57, I didn't have. Another time, 10 Ghana even was a problem for me. Glory to Jesus. I was so angry. So, all these years, that anger has always been there. Now I've grown up, amen and amen. And I realized that, no, I, 
he wanted those who value information to be in the region. It wasn't about the money because really, even after that, 100 Ghana CDs wasn't too much money. It wasn't too much money. But he wanted those who were serious about what he was going to teach. And he was there, I believe in that meeting, he talked about leadership and management. Leadership and management in the kingdom of God. So God has given us resources to manage. God has given us resources to manage. If we waste the resources, we will become poor. We will lose the opportunities. We will lose the things that God has given us. And at the end of our lives, we will become destitute. We will become poor. Beggars. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Listen to me. Everybody under the sound of my voice, you need to have a plan for your life. Maybe you are tenant today, but we have a plan that in three years, five years, ten years, I should have my own house. I should have this. I should have gotten to this point. You should have a strategy where you are going to move yourself from where you are to where you are supposed to be. If anybody, you came here and you came without your own car. Or you came uh, from a place where it is not your own, you should not be comfortable as I'm talking to you today. You should not be comfortable with yourself. You should begin to have a plan on how you are going to change things. You know the problem? Many people are waiting for a certain miracle to happen. So a certain breakthrough just falls on them just like that. God is able to do that. But even beyond that, He has given us wisdom. On how we can manage ourselves. If we are going to manage ourselves, the, the, the resources that He has given to us will be more than enough to take us into a place of abundance. Who is ready to go there? May God give you grace to go there. I say, may God give you grace to go there. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, if you are going to be successful in life, two principles you need to know, or two things you need to know: killing the beast of prodigality. The beast of prodigality and understanding frugality, using frugality to take yourself from one place to the other. I shared with you that a frugal person is one who carefully and wisely uses money and resources. That person is not wasteful or excessive. That's not waste the resources that God makes available to that person. A frugal person wastes nothing. A frugal person will prosper because he understands how to manage what has been made available to him. Look, if you don't know what God has made available to you, you never become rich. But I see rich people before me. The opposite of frugality is prodigality. Prodigality is talking about wastefulness. Misusing whatever has been made available. Last Sunday I was sharing with you in, in Luke chapter number 15. Uh, Jesus tells us a story about a young boy who took a portion of his father's property and went to waste them all on prodigal living. He wasted everything till he became a beggar to the point that he even needed to eat the food of pigs. A man whose father had many servants and was feeding all of them now had, gone, had begun to be in want. What happened? How could he be so stupid in life? How could he make all the foolish decisions and plunge himself into poverty? The problem with a lot of us is the decisions that we make in life. Look, everybody over here is a product of the decisions that you have made. You are a product of the decisions that you have made. You are a product of what? The decisions that you have made. There's no spirituality somewhere. You are a product of the decisions. Anything spiritual affects your decision. It's amazing. When you study the Bible very well, you realize that even dead Satan cannot, does not just have easy access into our lives. Look at Job. 
Job was in the act that Satan was a lot of. But Job, Satan could not touch Job until the door had been opened. So, for Satan to come into your life, it is not just easy like that too. That time Jesus had not even come. We didn't have the whole, even the Holy Spirit. We say that the Holy Spirit is my protection. So, our spiritual environment is not just an easy walking for devil, the devil and satanic spirits. No. That's why Paul would say that, do not give a foothold to the devil. That's a subject for another day. A subject for another day. Maybe we'll do it in one of our miracle services. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, people are prodigal. In Luke chapter number 16, we hear the story about a certain steward who also misused his master's resources. At the end of the day, the master dismissed him. Many of us don't know that God is in the business of appointing and dismissing. He appoints one and he dismisses another. He chooses one and he, 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 he sucks another. He lifts one up and he brings one down. So God is in that business. And what is he looking at? Are we being prodigal or are we being wise in the, in the use of the things that he has made available to us? Listen, there are people, as I'm speaking, you are picking certain serious points. Others are still waiting. What at all is his point? What at all is his point? It's not, they are waiting for a certain point. I've been making so many points, but they are still waiting for what point is this Papa talking about? Glory to Jesus Christ. So, people are not frugal. They are wasteful of the resources. One, I shared with you four reasons or five reasons. The four reasons why people are, fr- are not frugal. They want to show off. They are not wise. They are not knowledgeable. And they are under the influence of the demons of prodigality. They are evil spirits that want to waste our lives. I shared with you about the spirit of Zela. Yeah, go and listen to Sunday's podcast. They are all there. They are all there. God wants us to be frugal. God wants us to get the knowledge by which we can wisely use whatever he has given us. And we need to understand resources come in the form of human resource, material resource, financial resource, time resource, spiritual resource. There are so many things that God has made available for us to use. And listen, uh, a lot of times, sometimes the thing that you need to know, Today, I was with somebody, and the person uh, needed, uh, needed to be in two places at the same time. Wanted to be uh, at, at one place, and then the other place was also, physically, the other place was also supposed to be uh, an online meeting. And they, are, they were all happening at the same time. So, the person was wondering how the person was going to dichotomize uh, himself into, that, into, into those meetings. Somebody, a friend told, told uh, a friend offered him an information. Oh, you can do this on your machine. And so it will appear that you are there, just online, and physically can carry yourself to where you want to go to. Are you getting it over here? So what she needed was the wisdom, or he needed was the wisdom that his friend had to offer. And he have achieved what he wanted to do. Are we together? Are we together? So, where was the, was, was the thing far away? It was close by. It was close by. It was close by. This is the same for almost uh, so many things in our lives. Some of the breakthroughs that we are looking for, they are not breakthroughs, so they are just illumination. We just need light to be able to identify that this is the way to go. This is what God has made available for us. May God give us light tonight. I said, may God give you light tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So, they are prodigal Christians, prodigal businessmen, 
prodigal sons, prodigal wives, prodigal pastors, prodigal, the list is endless. When we say prodigal, we are talking about wasteful. 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 It means that you are not able to identify and value the resources God has made available and you lose them. You lose them. Like the prodigal son lost everything. He even lost his place. He even lost his place. Now he said, ah, I can no longer be called your son. Identify me as one of your servants. In his own eyes, he saw that he had lost his place as a son. He lost everything. He lost everything. He lost everything. And in most cases, uh, prodigal people do not even seem to realize what they have. They walk away from every good opportunity. They simply waste the blessings of life. Sometimes when people are near something great, they don't value it. They don't value it. Some of us don't even value our lives. If you see anybody who commits suicide, the person doesn't value life. The person doesn't know the power of what of the life that is flowing through the veins. Most of the time, do you know when people begin to value life? Just at the point of death. When they are just about dying. Now everything becomes very clear. Like, wow! What a mistake I made. What a mistake I made. You will not make any mistake like that. I tell you, you don't make any mistake like that. People have good churches, good pastors, good parents, a good mother, a good father, a good job. But they, they don't realize how blessed they are. They don't realize how favored they are. But tonight, I pray that the Spirit of God will give us wisdom. As I pray that God will give us wisdom. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, God wants us to be frugal. God wants us to be frugal. Practically, how can we become frugal? How can we become frugal? I'm going to share with you seven principles that can guide you in becoming a frugal person. And I remember the meaning of frugality. Wisely using the resources, the opportunities, that, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the things that God has made available to you. Number one is the principle of valuation. The principle of what? The principle of valuation. Many people do not know how to value the things around them. They don't know how to value the, 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 the resources that God has given to, you, to, to them. It is very important to esteem, to treasure, to value some things in your life. You need to look at your health. Many people don't even value their health. They don't value what, if you wake up every morning and you are strong. And you don't feel any pain in any part of your body. They think it's normal. It is not normal. It is a blessing from the Lord. It is something that you need to value. Because with this, you can get many other things that you are looking for. We need to understand the principle of valuation. Valuing the relationships that we have. Some of us don't know that oh, some of our friends who are police officers can help us in future. Some of us don't know that some of our friends who are lawyers can help us in future. Some time ago, I had to, uh, there was a, a court case that I needed to be a, a part of and I needed a lawyer. A friend of mine became my lawyer. Later, I got to find out that if he had charged me as a lawyer, the amount of money that I would have been paying was, was horrendous. So that friend now is, the value of that friend is now over 20,000, 30,000 Ghana cities. But then he's like just an ordinary friend. We joke, we laugh, I insult him, he, he, he better not insult me. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. If he is also, he come and tell me. Amen and amen. Some don't even value their pastors. 
There are people who did not value their pastor until one day there was a sickness. They, they went to hospital over and over again. And so one day they, the pastor had about, he came and he prayed for them. They got healed. They didn't know that the money that they were spending at the hospital, yes, they could have saved that money just by valuing the anointing upon their, their, their pastor's lives. Some don't value the friends and the people that are around them. They don't value their teachers. So, teachers are one of the least valued people, uh, profession, uh, professions in, in, in Ghana. In Ghana, we don't, they are even among the least paid teachers, nurses. But you see, if I'm speaking English today, it's because of a teacher. Am I, am I right? Am I right? Many of us don't even, when we are talking about the important people who help us in our lives, we don't talk about teachers. We don't talk about teachers. Your ability to read is because a teacher taught you. Because a teacher taught you that many go don't value. In life, in life, if you are not careful, you will not value the important things. Look at women. Women, in many places, they are not valued. It's now by the grace of God, more people are beginning to understand the value of a woman. The ability most of the time to even take care of the children. The women are the ones who are doing it for us. They stand in the home as people who are, some, you see, some they'll go to work and then they'll come back from work, come and cook food and prepare and present. They clean the house, make the beds after they lie in the beds. Glory to Jesus Christ. Oh, heaven. <laughs> Amen and amen. These are real. These are real. Now, as I grow up and I grow, I begin to value and weigh things. Sometimes I realize as well. Most of the time we are in, in life as though we are pushing the woman to man up and to match up. But actually men should man up and match up. A lot of men should man up and match up. And it's not to make a, as a woman, you should become big-headed. No. Yes. Value is value, whether your head is big or not. Amen. So just appreciate yourself. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. But that is the truth. That is the truth. Oh, husband and wife, we want to have children. Yes, yes, we want to have children. Father, give us children. When a child comes, who will carry the pregnancy? Who will go through labor? If you don't want to do a, a spontaneous vaginal delivery, whose body is going to be cast for the baby to come out? After that, who's going to, whose breasts are going to use the nest there? The baby. Value. 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 But many people don't, many, many people have not even understood the value of them. They kick them, blow them, carry, throw them, insult them, useless. Listen to me. Let us learn to value our women. Let's learn to value women. Value women. They do a lot in this world. They do a lot in this world. In fact, most churches are sustained by women. Recently, I was doing, I saw, I did, I was observing our data, and I realized that even over coming nation, a lot, we are, we are, we are, a lot are women. <laughs> a lot of us are women. Amen and amen. You see, so it means that even the anointing is the women who are, who are pushing. What are you talking about? Hey. If we were starting, we'd have seen them, they'd be dancing. But I know, yeah, pretending like that, I don't feel anything. <laughs> but that is the truth. Learn to value. 
you should learn the true value. When you value things, you will not waste them. When you value people, you will not waste them. When you value your relationships, you will be careful not to break them. You will be careful not to break them. Some of us, even the shoes that we are wearing, we don't value them. We use them anyhow. One day you need to go for an interview and realize that the shoe, there's a hole inside. Tell somebody value. Tell somebody value. In Ghana and Africa, we don't have maintenance culture because we don't value things. Recently, I was passing one of uh, the, the Ghanaian nation-owned uh, pharmaceutical companies, Phytorica. I think it was instituted by um, Kwame Nkrumah. He saw, I saw it. And not only that, too many, there are too many examples. Factories have been set up and are waste. Waste. There's no value things. And now we, we, are, we, we need money. We are going to borrow money from IMF and other places to come and waste them again. If, if I was Mr. IMF, I wouldn't give Ghana money. Oh, it's true. But Mr. IMF is also there for its own interest, so you give. Because Ghana has too many resources that if we are just going to know how to value, and use them wisely. Ghana will be one of the wealthiest African countries. One of the wealthiest African countries. Politicians don't even value their electorates. Politicians don't value their electorates. And when we understand the value of things, we use them wisely. Glory to Jesus Christ. Tell somebody, value everything. You know, some don't value their jobs. They don't value their jobs, and so they end up losing their jobs. Number two, not only should you value them, but value them at the right time. The principle of timely valuation. The principle of timely valuation. In Luke chapter number 7, but you read from the verse 36 to the verse number 46, there's a story over there about a woman who came to uh, anoint the feet of Jesus and then wiped his feet with her hair. The Bible tells us that the Pharisees that were in that meeting said that if he was a, an anointed man, he was a prophet, would have known that this woman was a prostitute. And how will he allow a prostitute, an unclean woman like this, to be touching his legs? Jesus picked that information by the Spirit. He said that when I came here, you did not value me enough to even anoint my head with oil. But this woman will not stop kissing my feet and anointing me. Why? Because, you see, many people value people only when they are dead. Only when they are dead. Only when they are dead. One man of God was giving an example where he had gone for to on a ministerial assignment. And when he was coming back, he saw a man driving a very big car. And at, was, in the car was a big reef. The reef was so big that he needed to put it in one of the chairs and use a seatbelt to, to, to lock it down. I was wondering that, ah, the man that was used to buy this reef. Probably could have been used to buy flowers when the person was alive. Could have been used to honor the person when the person was alive. Timely valuation. Timely valuation. Many people only understand the value of what they have when they have lost it. When they have lost it. And when they have lost it, it's often too late. It's often too late. It's often too late. You need to value your salvation. Value your health. Value your health. Look. One sickness can strike you down, and then it's everything in your life will change. Everything in your life will change. 
One of the things that, uh, realities that hit me was when uh, my sister was uh, attacked by a, a terrible, a, 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 she was attacked by stroke. And I was like, goodness, everything just changed all of a sudden. Everything just changed all of a sudden. Not just where, all, the entire family. Everything just changed. Then I began to appreciate, wow, some of the things that we took for granted, the health that we took for granted. Please, preserve your health. Don't say that, oh, because in this church there's miracle healing. Listen, sometimes before even your healing will come, you would have passed through some things. Why don't you rather prevent the sickness? Why don't you take good care of yourself? If you have to exercise, do some of the exercise. If you have to eat well, don't just eat anyhow. Learn a little more about how to maintain your health. And I'm serious over here. Because one day, one sickness can wipe away all your accounts. And some of the accounts is not even there for it to be wiped away. <laughs> so, other people's accounts will now be affected. Then I will come, you want your name to be on the picture, and then they will say, say that, go find me. Go find me. Won't you help support and save the life of ABC? Is that how you want your life to become? No. Value your health. Value your health at the time that you have health. Don't go and get sick and now you are like, ah, do this when I was strong. Protect yourself. Value your salvation. Value your salvation. That you are born again. You have the Holy Ghost in you. Many of us don't even have value the Holy Ghost. How many of us have spoken to the Holy Ghost today? Wonderful. The rest of us, what were we doing? What were we doing? It's not even recognized. It's only when we come and the Holy Ghost power. That's when we realize the Holy Ghost is there. No. If you can value the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life, there are a lot of things that you get right. There are a lot of things that you get right. Value your job. Value your relationships. Some of us come to church and we don't give respect or regard to other people. But sometimes what you need, listen, one of the things that have helped me is not the abundance of money, but the presence of people. Because of that, there are many things that I could have spent money on. I didn't spend money on them. So what happens? That money is preserved. For the use of other things. Just recently, uh, Joseph came to work on my car. He worked on it. Did you take money? I won't even give you. <laughs> but I, you see, but I would have called somebody, I would have paid for the person's taxi fare, and I'll pay the person workmanship on top. Are you understanding me? By the time I'll be done, if I don't want to even spend, before I realize, I'll spend no less than 50 Ghana cities, 100 Ghana cities. Now, if your car goes to the shop, know that at least 200 cities is going. Value the relationship that we have. Some of you don't even know the surname of people sitting beside you. You don't know the best, you don't know the work that the person does. Think of you in your mind. I don't need you. I don't need you. Me, I need them. Actually, I need them. Banker. I'm just, I've been praying and asking God, which, uh, the banking area, and how can I use you over there? Do you understand me? Maybe some investment opportunities, what do you think? And, uh, 
and I'm with the name. Once out here, I saw them on the end. I remember both Mojiman home by. I'm more clean up, I'm more a clean out. More stroke rather than that. Oh, yes, to kiss the name. Who wouldn't see? Shaka Tabai Alabaya. Oh, oh, pray. Manager Bakope. What are you talking about? Shagada Bahaya. Amen and amen. Value people. Value the relationships. But you've been changing the name. And I can't say, I'm not going to be here. Hey, boss, boss, boss. Chairman, chairman, senior. Five years only with you. Chairman, 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 chairman. Bishop, 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 bishop. Azova, azova, azova. Oh, name with you. I mean, a lot of times, you Let's make our relationships real and rich. How many people know where Chama works? Or what she does? You don't value. For the space of half an hour, no, today I didn't come to make you shout. I came to make you think. The bathroom will be green deep. And then, yeah, amen, 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 I receive it. And then, I say, my mom is green. And I'm green, and I'm green. I'm green. Okay. I'm green, and I'm green. So, Ah, Ravi Zacharias, let my people think. Let my people think. Think about it. Value them. Value it at the right time. Because sometimes it may be too late. Number three, the principle, this one is very nice to me. The principle of gathering the crumbs. Look, if you learn from anybody, learn from Jesus. In John chapter number six, Jesus performed a miracle of multiplying bread and fish. The Bible said that he fed over 5,000 people. The Bible tells us when he has finished feeding the 5,000 people, the miracle, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. this is a problem we have in many people. The miracle where Karan Kasa, I say, go and gather the crumbs, John 6 verse 12. Go and gather what is left. Many of us don't value coins. Onya coins are not that, onimidia coins are one day, I needed money to buy, I think, electricity or something, and I didn't have any money. I had a bag. I'd been saving coins for two years. I, it was a little over 200 Ghana cities. It's me on that day. Coins! And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain. Let nothing be lost. Any of us in our homes, you are not there. Your light is on. The fan is going. Oba, sorry, I did. He am being asked me, and yet he am one what is You are wasting electricity, water. You know you are. Then the water is. You are running up and down. The water is flowing. Water is flowing. Oh, sorry, I will say Ghana Water Company bills. And the three that come. 
<laughs> Praise God. But then we waste a lot. We waste a lot. Somebody was talking about when he visited Switzerland, Abruzzi, after 1993, the GDP of Switzerland was $219 billion. China's GDP was $6 billion. But after that time, there, if you, anybody, when they leave a room, they put off the lights. The only lights that are on in the, in the house are where people are. Where people are. You please, please give me your house keys. I'm sure by the time I get to some of your rooms, the fan is on, the light is on, the kettle is on, everything is on. Little, little, little things. They said little drops of water make a mighty ocean. It's not in the Bible, but it's true. First, I'm going to see that John please is saying little drops of water. <laughs> like, in the Bible, I'm so. The wisdom over there is true. Little drops. Little drops. Listen to me. A lot of the big things that are, by God's grace I've been able to do is because I, I save a lot of little, little things. I save a lot of little I don't, I don't, I try as much as well not to be wasteful. People say that you are being chiseled. They are being silly. You are not being chiseled. You are being frugal. They should write where they should say you are being frugal. They're saying you are being stingy. The words are different, but they don't understand the English, so that's why they are using that. So don't let it worry you. If you just know that they broke no money, are we together? Yes. Don't waste your resources. Don't waste your resources. You're having a shoe. It is not your sport. And then you go and buy another one. I'm not saying I have only one shoe. I see, do you need the one you are adding? Do you need it? Some money, couldn't you have used it for something that will help you more? Or couldn't you have saved it for the future? Or you just wanted to let everybody see that you are looking nice. Tell me, hey, hey, hey. Nancy, we're here. Pita, Pita. Sometimes since I'm going to get a new one, why don't you look for uh, ways by which you can combine old ones? You see, I just stop. This is for a different suit. This trial is also for a different suit. But it has given me a new look. What do you think? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> amen and amen. The combination is a calculation. What do you think? Yes. The ladies there, they have many, many stars. Sometimes they can get a big shirt and you see they will tie it in a way. And you see and it looks like a new dress. Calculation. Now, so, when we say, Obisha, new, show your shoulders. And the other woman told me, I'll tell me, Toby. I'll tell me, Toby. Hey, I didn't mention, I don't fatam you. Usika, Usika, you say. Look, if you don't have savings, which is equivalent to six months of your pay. Don't be spending money on pizza and shawarma. Are, are we together? If you don't have savings, who needs to call the Ah, say, in Tiaka for six months, who bet me survive it's equivalent to your kids you have six months. Men say, men be living life, be keke. 
It's a principle. And yes, sir, you will be very poor very soon. As you grow bigger, you even increase it from six months to three years. So that per adventure, you lose your job. Three years, you'll be able to survive. Nobody knows that you have even lost your job. Because now, at first, within six months is when you get a new job. Now, six months, <laughs> miracle and bar. You need miracle worker. Sometimes somebody come in the house and yes, oh, she said, Juma, three years. I'm son of a Juma. So when you are working, you should be saving. You should be saving. You should be saving. If you don't pay rent now, thank God, it's a time for you to save. It's a time for you to save very well. Do not waste anything. What did I say? Don't waste time. Don't waste time. Sometimes when you are doing something on social media, ask yourself, is this necessary? How much of my time is gone? Time is life. It's been your time. That same time you could have been using it for something else. Gather what is left. Gather what is left. Gather what is left. Gather what is left. If you can add up all your crumbs, you become rich. You become rich. Number four, the principle of the seven lean cows and the seven uh, fat cows. Genesis chapter 41 verse 1 to 4. Uh, in Genesis verse 1, Pharaoh had a dream. And in the dream, he saw seven fat cows and seven lean cows. And in there, somebody to interpret it. So Joseph, did I say Joseph? Pharaoh. Pharaoh had a dream. And Joseph came to interpret the dream. And he said that there were going to be seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. Listen, every one of us goes through a period of seven fat cows and seven lean cows. But the problem is that people think that because they are in a season of fat cows, it will be that way forever. It should not be that way forever. So the seven fat cows are to prepare you for the seven lean cows. What do you do when you are having a lot of money? Have you saved enough? Have you got some investment there? Have you got some resources that you can follow in your seven years of fatness? Make good use of the good days. The Bible said that evil days shall come. So, my recommendation, can I give my recommendation? Any money you get, save at least 20%. That is the principle of paying yourself first. Even if you're a salaried worker, the money come after, that comes to you after your tithes. You have done whatever you have to do for God because he's the number one investment. Investing in God is the biggest investment. Now invest in yourself. At least 20% of your money should go into an account that you know it is for you. It, you are not going to touch it. Now it is for you, that doesn't mean that you are going to eat it. Before you come to the money that you use for your transport and the money that you use for your food, and the money that you use for your utilities, and the money that you use to pay that person that you are owing, all of them, why are you paying everybody first and you are paying yourself last? And by the time you pay yourself, you don't have anything. What follows? Frustration. And you feel very sad. You feel very weak. You feel as though something is wrong with you. Why am I? Because you are not keeping for yourself. When you learn to do this, give yourself 12, 24, 36 months, and then go back and go and check that amount of money and see. You, you, if you are not careful, you will go and eat a broken arm that day. Because you feel like Charlie Hayes. I tell you, I did go. The time came, I had to use all the money that I had for a certain program that I was organizing. And I didn't have any money. But when I didn't have that money, I had about 7,000 Ghana cities in investment. 
Ndi mimizi mi nisika ya nchi ese ma medafumu. <laughs> I told the idea there will be some place to run to. Delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. Sometimes you're, 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 you want to taste something, but it's not the time to taste it. It's not the time. Hold on a bit. If you can hold on long enough, a time will come you enjoy too much. And it will not affect your pocket. Now, there are things I can do easily and it will not affect me. But those days, if I did them, I was seeing some of my sons and my, and they will be buying new shoes and then they will be looking very nice. Hey, crutchy, 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 nice guy. Nice. And, uh, and I'm wearing my shoes. I want shoes and I'll polish it nicely. I want to try and I'll polish it nicely. And I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Today they still have their shoes and their trousers. They have a house and have other properties. I didn't borrow money for the house. There's no loan in it. Nobody's borrowed money in it. In fact, I thought I went to borrow some money. I didn't even use the money. I gave it back to the person. I thought, oh, it's a way that expensive are coming. I need it. I said, oh, can you give me this 10,000 or so Ghana cities? I ended up not using it. I gave it back. So, please, the principles, they work. What I say? They work. They work. Please. They work. They lead gratification. Okay. Seven fat cows. Seven lean years. What do you do? So identify opportunities in using what others have to have to build value. When you are when when you are dependent on others, don't misuse that time. Don't misuse that time. Don't misuse that opportunity. Use it to build your value. Because the time will come, you will not be depending on them anymore. Many of us thought, oh, our parents will be there for us forever. Today we have seen that tally. Life is hot. Because now we have to depend on ourselves. Today that you have, some of you have an opportunity, you are still depending on your parents or certain people. Don't waste that time. Any money that you get, hide it somewhere. If you're looking poor, does it make you poor? Are we together? I'm not saying look dirty. You. I'm not saying look dirty. Look good. But don't go and be excessive in your spending. There are very nice suits at Kantamanto. The only problem we have is that little wasting when you are searching for the right one. But now even their crowd, they even move them and they put them on hangers and they're hanging. So you are still at the SSB, Stand Street Boutique. It's just that now there's no glass and air condition. Now, I've got two suits. With salary here, 1,000 to work for two suits, 600 Ghana cities. Are you okay? I've got two suits, 800 suits, I mean, 850 Ghana cities. <laughs> and they're coming, they're coming for 350 Ghana. Also, I hail you. Igwe, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I was not receiving much, but people were coming to me for loans. 
And they were receiving times five for whatever my parents were giving me. But they did not know how to use what God had given them. Number what? Number five. Let me move this quickly. The principle, yeah, so as part of the seven years, the, the principle four, acquire assets that build wealth. Acquire assets that build wealth. When you get opportunity to buy a land, buy the land at a good location. Because land, the value of land doesn't go down. Did you hear me? The value of land in Ghana does not go down. If you can buy a house, buy a house. It is not for comfort. It is an investment. It is an investment. Because one day, even the land that the house is on alone will be costing more than two times, three times, four times of what you used to buy it. So they are investments. There are various investment opportunities, but I want, I'm, I'm talking about things that build wealth, that build wealth, that build wealth. Praise God forevermore. Number five, the principle of needing no supervision. Proverbs chapter six, verse six to eight. Said, go to the end, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. Look at that. Ants don't have any are creatures that are very wonderful creatures. Nobody is guiding them. That, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. But they are working without any supervisor. And it's as though they know the times and the seasons. And the time that they are supposed to gather, they are gathering without anybody instructing them. But many of us, even right now that I'm giving instructions to us, some of us will live here and will not go and use what we are being taught. You see, a wise man will leave this meeting and go and sit down and think for another one hour. How can I apply all of these points in my life? Somebody will go and say, ah, it was a good message. And then he goes, hey, what is the little Sarkodia is doing something? And they'll be posting it on their social media. And then they'll be arguing with nobody. They expect that people come to their status and come and respond to them. Are you serious? You know, the person you are talking about, she's using to sell a book. For all you know, Christ, you are going to pay the bloggers to pick that part of the information. And now everybody's, I even have the book now. You have gone to get a soft copy and then they have tried. I saw it, ah, what did we do? Ah, is this a news? One to two pages. It's not like my Bible book somewhere. Number six. <laughs> Number what? Six or seven? Six. So, you need no supervision. Put yourself to work. Put yourself to work. If you know how to reliably, if you are reliable enough to work without supervision, you will rise up. You will rise up. You will not waste all the opportunities that you have. Number six. The principle of not chasing fantasies. Proverbs 28:19. These are also principles of frugality. He who works his land will have what? Abandoned food. But the one who chases fantasies will have his life, will, will have his feel of poverty. Proverbs 28:19. And I, uh, let me read that, uh, the King James. He said, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. So he needs to be working. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. He give, give us the NIV. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their feel of poverty. So you are there, 
and you have got a, an opportunity before you. Say, no, 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 no. I, I've heard that there are good jobs in Canada. I've heard that there are good jobs in this place. You have not even done your research. And so you sell everything. And you go to Abruti, Yankee. <laughs> you will not believe it. You will not believe it. The opportunities that are in front of you, you will not work on them. You will not work on them. So that no, oh, I think there's a better person somewhere. I think there's a better job somewhere. Fantasies. 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 Do not chase after fantasies. Don't waste your life chasing after imaginations. Make use of the real opportunities. Finally, the principle of word-based valuation. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He says that he has showed thee, O man, what is good. The real value of things are according to what God has said. The decisions, the actions, the selections, the things that you place value in should be based on what God has said. The value of life is not in what people think, it's in what God has said. That he has shown you, O mortal man, what is good. What God has shown you is good is what is good. Word-based valuation. You see, valuing things on the basis of what the Bible says and not what you think. If God, if it is God who can tell you, and it is God who can tell you and I what is important, we need to be interested in what God says. Word-based valuation. All the things I've been sharing with you are based on the word of God. How do you value the things of life? How do you value the relationships? How do you value the things around you? It should be based on what God has said. On what God has said. Because at the end of it all, when all is said and done, the one who is going to judge us is God. And is going to judge us based on the word of God. If you want your life to be fruitful, your life to be successful, your life to be valuable, it is to go according to God's word. The Bible says, heaven and the earth shall pass away, but not a drop from the word of God will pass away until it has fulfilled what it has been sent to. The real value is in the word. Give attention to the word of God. Let the value of your life be based on what God has said. You are going to be truly successful in everything that you do. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.emenezaokonipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.